Welcome to the second episode of the Rewind Podcast. I am here with Liv, my co-host, and I am Perry. And today we are looking at the movie Carrie from 1976. It is directed by Brian De Palma, who is also known for classics such as Scarface, the first Mission Impossible movie, The Untouchables, Body Double, and like a billion other things. Um, cool guy. Yeah. <laughs> Movie was based off of a uh, Stephen King novel. It was his first first book, right? Mm-hmm. He wrote it in 1974. Oh, so that became a movie pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Like that's yeah, that's pretty quick for like a no name author at that point mm-hmm. to like get a m- movie deal. Yep. I think I read too that um, he was only paid like 2,500 bucks. Correct. <laughs> yep, that is true. He's, he's not paid much. For and it, he, but. he he talks about it like he doesn't regret it because it like got his name where it is now mm, well he feels that brian did a better job at portraying the story than he did like he liked the movie yeah. more than his book itself which like, is like a crazy like because he's a stickler about those things yeah because he doesn't like some of the movies that have been mm-hmm. made like um and he's very vocal about it too mm-hmm. yeah so that took me by surprise so yeah that's interesting but with that twenty five hundred dollars which they could have definitely paid him more because the budget was $1.8 million, which that's pretty, that's like a solid budget back then. It's a low budget now. Mm-hmm. Like that's considered like a low budget indie film kind of budget. Even like, I mean, that would even be low budget, like really low budget now. Um, but off the, off of the budget, it made $33.8 million, mm-hmm. which like a 30 times return that's on crazy. <laughs> like that's like a movie that was made for like 200 million dollars like one of the marvel movies making yeah. like five billion dollars yeah like insane. that's insane <laughs> like it was crazy when uh like avengers endgame like what did it pass like two point something billion yeah, it'd be avatar right yeah yeah and and then James Cameron, like the psychopath he is, he re-releases Avatar so that it could get the money back for him. <laughs> Can't hate him, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> gotta get that money. <laughs> gotta love the, gotta love the grind, I guess. <laughs> sure. I mean, he didn't really do anything. He just kind of was like, "Hey, can we put this back in theaters? I really like that record." <laughs> Even though he already has like two other movies in like, no, the know. top five too. Right. Doesn't make sense. It's crazy. Anyway. Can't relate. <laughs> um so this movie stars uh sissy spacek yes yeah, sissy spacek okay as carrie piper laurie as margaret yeah. uh the mom of Is carrie psycho yeah no. she she actually just passed away in october oh really yeah i did not I, know that i know i was looking this stuff up on imdb which is where i get all my information oh, um and okay. there was an article at the bottom of it uh that said that she passed away in october hmm. She had big sad, um, big sad. R.I.P. God bless. Uh, they had to like force her to come on to this film. She was retired, yeah. raising a family. It was like seventeen years, I think. And she, they got her on, which she's great. But she thought it was like a satire, <laughs> like a black comedy or whatever. Yeah. And that's why she's so over the top and kind of uncomfortable yeah. in scenes. <laughs> like you don't know what to, like I didn't know what to do at times, like laughing yeah. at her. Yeah, because she's playing it very dry. Mm-hmm. Like, even as, like, a satire, she's playing it very dry. So, like, I mean, 
I wonder, <laughs> this would be a great edit, if you just, like, uh, took the music from the background and switched it with, like, happier, peppier music. Yeah. And see see how it changes, like, the vibe of, like, oh, what yeah. she's saying. Well, even when she's chasing her with the knife and she's just smiling and, like, gliding through yeah. the hallway, I'm like, <laughs> I feel so uncomfortable. Because right. <laughs> if you change the music, it would completely change it. Right. It'd be crazy. <laughs> I'm picturing the Great Escape music for some reason. You know that that guy that used to dance with the commercials. So funny little tangent on that. Uh, so you know, like the this will mean nothing to people who are not listening, who aren't from where we grew up. But uh, the Follies, it's like the oh. local talent show. Did it make it? <coughs> I tried out. Yeah. I tried doing a, a lyrical dance to Magic Carpet Ride, oh. and uh, did not get it. I got free tickets. So. Wait, like Magic Carpet Ride, like yeah. Aladdin? No, no, no. Oh, no. like the, 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 the rock song? Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 <laughs> anyway, back to you. You mean, like, you mean the song that's about? I don't even know what it's about. Let me, what, is it an inappropriate song? Oh, it's about, well, it's about sex, just like every other song right at oh. that time. Yeah. And I was just doing cartwheels and somersaults like I have a care in the world. <laughs> but anyway, back to you, Perry. <laughs> this, is tough, this is a tough subject. <laughs> so, yeah, anyway, uh, we were, uh, we did a whole rendition. We had, like, three of us uh, be, like, the bald guy. And then we would switch throughout. And then we had people, we had other people. It was for my, my mom had a daycare when I was growing up. And mm-hmm. that was, like, that was part of the daycare thing every year is we would come up with something for the Follies and that was one year was we were the bald guys for the Six Flags commercials. <laughs> I love that little guy. Yeah. That's funny. I don't remember ever watching any Follies to be honest with you. That one we didn't make it in because one of the one of the kids um, I will not mention names. You know who you are. Yeah. Uh, he couldn't get the bald cap on in time because he forgot his and so we had to switch halfway through and he couldn't get it on quick enough. Ugh. It's a showbiz, man. You know, yeah. you lose what are you some, gonna you lose do? most. <laughs> <laughs> so. But most years, most years we did pretty good. Um, but anyway, uh, long tangent on that. <laughs> um, <laughs> this movie also stars Amy Irving as Sue Snell, who was originally supposed mm-hmm. to be Carrie, yeah. and then, um, and then Sissy Spacek. Well, pulled her, the rug right well, off because her husband was the art director for the film and yeah. was like you need to check out check out my wife <laughs> <laughs> my wife <laughs> my wife um yep and then we've got john travolta as billy nolan what'd you call what'd you call him when we were texting about this last night i don't remember what did i call him Daddy John Travolta. Daddy? I don't think I call him. Let's let's pull up the receipt here. But anyway, <laughs> as I'm doing that, this was his first film. Well, it was his second, second film. Are you sure? But it was his first, like, hit film. Oh, I did. I said, can't wait to see Daddy John Travolta. All right. <laughs> My bad. So you're correct. <laughs> I do love him very much. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and then we have William Cat as Tommy Ross. Those cro- Do you think that was his real hair? It kind of looked real, but I feel at the time, everyone had the Farrah Fawcett hair at that time. Men, too. It was just, like, it's so curly and so perfect. Like, just, I know it's a movie and, like, hair is perfect, but, like, 
it was incredibly like perfect on the curls. That's when I was like, it's got to be a real guy. I think it's real because if you think of John Travolta, there's different hairstyles, but also John Travolta had like a good head of hair in that That's film fair. too. Yeah. And he had a lot of volume, so his dick wasn't curly. True. I just think it looked too real. Especially at that time, I don't think wigs were as like intricate as they are now for films. That's fair. We would have noticed, yeah. maybe. Maybe. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. What do I know? Yep. And then we have Nancy Allen as Chris Parkinson. And she plays the worst person in high school. Mm-hmm. And then we have Betty Buckley in her first movie playing Miss Collins. God bless. AKA the real hero of the film. Truly, she was. Um, her name was different in the book, though. Oh yeah, it that. was. It was something like kind of hard to pronounce. Yes, and that's why they changed, why they changed yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, because I looked I at that and I was like, was. I don't even know how it looks. Yeah. Like. Good call on them. Yeah, honestly. Makes her more memorable when yep. it's an easier name. Yep, Miss Collins. Miss Collins. That's Love about her. as white bread as you get. She's very handsy with the kids. Yeah. <laughs> really just loves to tussle them up a little bit. I know. Because that's allowed. Yeah. I know. Because I, I even texted you. I was like, yeah. I was like, this teacher loves to hit kids. <laughs> um. Yeah. They. I read something, and this was before even this, like years ago, because my ADHD brain, I love fixating on things. Yeah. And I read that she, in that one scene when she slapped Chris, <laughs> it t- she did it like 37 <laughs> times to get it right. I'm like, oh my gosh. That is concussion protocol. Yeah. Like. <laughs> my god i was listening to like a making of video on like youtube or something Mm -hmm. where it was like it was like a documentary that they made like 20 years ago or something Mm -hmm. and uh yeah that's what they said they she had to keep slapping her because brian de palma was like yeah that's not that's not the right kind of reaction i was looking for maybe he had a weird fetish (laughs) that's what i was like i was like do you think he's overkill yeah do you think he's just saving all the extra shots for later He might hear it come out of his room. <laughs> Brian, you've been in there a while, just like editing this one scene. <laughs> it's like, yeah, uh, I, was, I was just looking for the right shot. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I would say that like for the most part, I, I did enjoy it, but it was mostly like the back half of the movie. So like, and. It's mostly when she, like, starts to decide to come out of her shell a little bit and starts making those decisions. I think that's where the actual, like... Shifted for you? Yeah. I think that's where it actually became more more interesting for me. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think it's it's definitely still one of those movies that, like, you can watch it and have, like, that appreciation for it. Um, I think they should have focused on the powers a little bit more. Because it felt like the, the powers were, like mentioned here and there and then for like a middle part of the movie they were kind of forgotten about and they glazed over yeah and i felt like that could have been a more focused on part of the movie and i think in the remake they they focus on that a little bit more yeah i think that is like the technology aspect too right maybe yeah because there's like bits and pieces but they're all very small and like there's no and I'm not, I'm not really looking for like a training montage of her like learning to use her powers, <laughs> like Matilda, right? <laughs> <laughs> but I think like one of the biggest, uh, like one of the biggest things is that you kind of forget it's a movie about her having powers mm-hmm. and her doing that. And I, I, 
I get if that part of it was on purpose because they don't want to emphasize that like these decisions were made like or her her not using the powers or using the powers but it just seems like it's kind of just like she has powers see you later like mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's it's like kind of glazed over and she does go to the library a little bit but that part is kind of like not not focused on a ton so i don't know like what do you, how do you feel about it like what do you I sense like that same like slow burn. I feel like a lot of Stephen King's earlier movies, mm-hmm. I've always felt that it's very just like, like let's take like the good stuff. Right. <laughs> but I feel like also as a girl, maybe I resonate a little bit more, especially with that opening scene of her like getting her period and having literally thinking she's dying, <laughs> and she does a great job at really looking insane and the other mm-hmm. girls being like, "What the fuck is happening?" To like this weirdo like. And they think it's so normal, but she doesn't. And if my mom never told me, like, what that was, I would have the same reaction. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I just think that you can just kind of relate in a way. And the there's a lot of symbolism I've noticed through that, like, this film. And they're, that's what they really want you to focus on, too. Like, the religion right. and just adulthood and, like, sexuality. And it's, like, big. And sometimes it's uncomfortable that that's, like, the, like, highlight. Like, that's taking, like the spotlight in a way because you mm-hmm. want to get scared like you think you're going to watch this movie and it's going right. to be about powers and right. this girl killing people but the first half of the movie is her getting her period and her mom making her pray and all these throwing her in a closet and yeah right and yeah. it's just um i you know i agree with what you're saying i kind of like the build-up i like the uncomfortableness of it yeah but like i said it's kind of like my take on it and it really does a good job at like she's so secluded from society carrie oh, because yeah. of her mom and like their house is literally a church and <laughs> that is their like comfort not really i don't know who'd be comforted by it but i don't think carrie's very comforted by it but that's like her mom is and the outside world world is the devil and that's where evil is and that's they're so secluded in there and you can just feel it right. so like uneasy the whole time and you're just kind of waiting for her to get to that point of her sticking up for herself, and that's when it does really slick scene two, and you feel happy for her. And obviously, they don't really last very long. Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> I know, and I think I, I, I appreciate all like the symbolism, the slow burn aspect, because I I enjoy movies that are like that. I think you wait too long mm-hmm. to see, like you see her on the upswing, and then it all comes crashing down. And I think they might have been able to do a little bit more in, like, showing how bad it was for her. Absolutely. You know? Like, I think I think it's a lot of, like, say it, don't show it, instead mm-hmm. of show it, don't say it kind of thing. Which, you know, like, budget. Timing. Timing. And all that, yeah. yeah, like, there's a hundred reasons why that couldn't, like, the movie couldn't be, like, 15 minutes longer and show those kinds of scenes. Or even just, like, the climax of the prom scene. Like, I wish there was a little bit more. Yeah, and I I have, like, a... Because I, I really like... Like, Brian De Palma kind of created, like, the, the whole split screen. Oh, I love it. Yeah. And I'm glad that, like, he even... He said in interviews that he he had a lot more of the split screen for the, the, the climax of the movie. Like, the prom scene and stuff. And he didn't want to overload it with it because it took away from 
like viewing the whole scene because mm-hmm. like if you think about it you're literally like cutting the screen in half and you can only show limited view on mm-hmm. it and it was like yeah he wanted to make sure that you could see like all of the action but get those frames on which he wanted to focus on on both ends of it so like her closing the doors and you see her face like oh, doing the whole the thing and then you see the doors closing and stuff and it's a great use of it and it's really cool because he completely like mainstreamed that effect you don't really see it often yeah i love it yeah and you you really only see it in his movies Mm -hmm. and it's really cool to like see that effect like because i i didn't know it's called split focus split focus no the split focus oh that's throughout the film he does yeah so that's that's where you can get the blurred lines yeah that's where you get the blurred lines because you have (laughs) blurred lines um that's where you have like a close-up shot that's in focus and uh out of like and you have a yeah they did that a lot far shot focus yeah which is a really cool thing it's like two different lenses put together Mm -hmm. or something like that it's so cool really cool Mm -hmm. because i was like they were doing that like 50 years ago Mm -hmm. i was like i want to get one of those lenses that's a cool that's another staple. He does that a lot too. Yeah, because yeah. and I and it and it was cool then thinking about like because I'm I love the Mission Impossible movies. I'll watch those all day every day. And uh, the first one especially was really great because I remember I remember getting it on DVD and watching it and being like, "This is awesome." My parents being like, "You're weird." <laughs> <laughs> um, was that just for us? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was just last week. <laughs> And remembering all of those scenes that I remember, like, the split focus and then the split screen, like, the split frame screen and stuff, and being like, oh, he's he did that from, like, he started that in 76, and he was using that in 1991 or 1990, was it 1990? Maybe it was 99. I think it was 99 when the first Mission Impossible came out. But, yeah, so it was really cool seeing all of those different new techniques like Mm -hmm. it wasn't even like it was like oh he you know he's been trying them out in other films other people were doing them like he essentially like mainstreamed them and made them like a new filming technique that was possible for people making other types of movies and you see especially the the split frame like having two different scenes going on on the screen Mm -hmm. like that's that is so popularized now and it's it's a cool effect when it's done right. Drake and Josh did it. <laughs> you know, and look at them now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One's got a lawsuit and the other one hangs out with what's his name? Jason Mack. Oh, yeah. uh, okay. That's all I have to say. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I just know Drake's like in jail, right? I don't know. Is he? I don't know. Didn't he like assault young girls? What? Don't you read the paper? No. When he was like in Mexico or something. What? Yeah, look it up. He's yeah, he's not a good guy. Oh, unfortunately, Jesus. I know. But we can just, you know. He just thought what? life would be so simple, but Oh. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, I'm so sorry that was bad. That was a bad joke. All right. <laughs> We've all been there. <laughs> uh, and so going along with 
<laughs> diverting from this conversation. Back to our paid yeah. programming. <laughs> um, kind of more with the uh, the prom scene because I know in the book that she like destroys the whole town. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, with like this vision of it and being able to do that, that would have been like really cool. But like obviously, like the the mon- the money wasn't there for mm-hmm. them to be able to do that. Um, yeah, so it's like a it's an interesting like that it's it's so localized mm-hmm. to one place that all this happens and then just like their house right yeah um and the fact that they can like just they can have all of that like kind of like a like a power and emotion you can show like like how powerful she is just with like that one like area Mm -hmm. and it still like comes across and you're like oh shit like that's that's scary (laughs) like that can that'll freak you out Mm -hmm. (laughs) um now like on a scale of like scariness i don't really think this movie is like scary Mm -mm. i think it's more of like a thriller like a horror thriller Mm -hmm. but i don't think it's like a scary movie I wouldn't consider it a thriller. Yeah, because, like, when you look at, like, the other movies that were made, like, around, like, the late 70s and, like, 80s is when, like, the horror genre and scary movie genre really, like, yeah, took off. Yeah, especially with Stephen King. Like, if you yeah. think of Pet Cemetery and It and, right. like, Pet Cemetery, um, Aunt Zelda, get the fuck out. <laughs> She's my biggest fear, and I hate her so much. But, like, that's scary. Like, right. that's when you can compare the two. Or you're talking about, yeah, or, like, the slasher movies with, like, Nightmare on oh, the yeah, Street. Oh, like, right. yeah, right. Halloween. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, those are scary because those are made to, like, mm-hmm. want to scare you. This was, like, genuinely telling a story. Right, and there's, like, a lesson yeah. also. It's, like, bullying. Yeah. <laughs> like, don't do it. Don't do it, or the girl with powers <laughs> is going to Literally, yeah, you're problem. done for. <laughs> yeah, it's it's interesting because it's it felt more like, yeah, like a, a horror thriller, but it wasn't trying to, like, scare you in the sense of like the boogeyman's in the closet Mm -hmm. it was more like it it was more scaring you with its 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 themes yeah right (laughs) it's messaging like yeah um so that that's kind of interesting and i thought that was a cool like kind of balance of like those other movies that come out and they're like they're there to like jump scare you Mm -hmm. and freak you out and and it's it's got a cool like differing factor to that where it's it's it having the same emotional like like heart race kind of thing mm-hmm. but it doesn't it's not trying to just like it's not doing cheap things for mm-hmm. like to you and i think you really get attached to like carrie in the movie and like her emotions and you want what's best for her and right uh obviously brian he loved alfred hitchcock and you can see yeah. a lot of that in here too but when you think of psycho you want you are so connected to Norman Bates too in the same way. Yeah. <laughs> and I wouldn't say psycho scary personally either. Like I mm-hmm. don't really get scared by it. And but you're so connected to this character and you feel their emotions and feel uneasy at times and I see a lot of well, there is crossover. That was meant to right. happen. Yeah. But I feel the same sense watching Carrie. You feel uneasy, but you also you can feel like Carrie's emotions and but then you're left like, who do I root for in the end? She just killed right. all these people but she comes home to still like a living hell, like with right. her mom. So it's you know, yeah, it's it's cool that there's like a there is that conflict within the viewer to like root for her, and then all of a sudden you're like, 
ah, shit. Like, <laughs> they just killed Miss Collins. Right. <laughs> Which in the book she lived. Yep. But I think it it did make it a little more like, oh shit, like when she dies, because like literally everybody in in there dies mm-hmm. except for Sue. Sue. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was an interesting uh, comment like on one of the documentaries that once uh, Tommy and Harry were announced as the prom king and queen, at that point everybody does the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's just happenstance of, like, everybody just made the wrong decision. Instead of going right to the teacher, Sue tries to stop Chris and whatever John Travolta's character's name was. Billy. Billy, yeah. She tries to stop them first. Miss Collins is skeptical, so she immediately goes to pull Sue off without listening to what she's saying. That's the wrong decision. And then, obviously... Chris and uh, Billy. Billy. <laughs> it's such a simple name. I, I don't know. know why it's not sticking. <laughs> um, I just want to call him Daddy Johnny. Daddy Johnny. Daddy Johnny. Uh, I don't like that. I don't like that either. Billy. Billy. Uh, they make obviously the wrong decision to like actually dump the the blood, mm-hmm. and then Carrie makes the wrong decision of. Just murdering everybody. Correct. Yeah. So right. it's like the it's a domino an in- effect of just Yeah. And it's like from that turn of events, like everybody just made the wrong decision. Mm-hmm. So it's and that was like a that was a cool little like point of like uh how like the writing was very strong because it talked like they specifically were like at this moment everybody's going to make the wrong choice Mm -hmm. and that's what like leads to the final like grief Mm -hmm. um and i love how that part's filmed too how it's all in slow motion you can't hear the crowd mm -hmm. you can't hear anything you just hear the music and you can hear the build-up of it happening until sue is finally pushed out and then you just hear the bucket go and just the dripping and you're just you're yelling i mean i was watching it last night and i was like just like fucking say something like don't just point right, like, right, right. grab grab the miss collins like she grabs you and be like listen look like you're right yeah, there you right. know it just drives you crazy yeah but it gets you really sucked in and yeah <laughs> so i liked how that was done yeah made the heart race a little bit that's and that's what i mean like it it didn't feel like anything too like heart pounding or anything like that mm-hmm. until it gets to that that part and you're like, how bad is this going to be? Mm-hmm. Like, well, obviously, everybody dies, but. Yep. <sighs> yep. So that's kind of like, I, I mean, I don't have, I don't have too many other, like, I think it still holds up. And even just from a technical standpoint of what they, like, accomplished back then with a lot of things. I mean, I, I, I could talk about what Star Wars did <laughs> for, like, special <laughs> effects. In 1977, like, the stuff that they innovated, like, is still used today. Not necessarily the same way, but the foundation of it was built with that movie. And it's crazy. So, it's really cool looking at these movies and breaking things down on, like, oh, like, Brian De Palma created that split effect. That was not used in movies prior to that in a mainstream way. Mm -hmm. And he made it mainstream and then, like used it in his films and it became his signature Mm -hmm. that's really cool right 
Like, there's not many things nowadays that director. I shouldn't say that. There's, there's very few directors that still have that distinctive style mm-hmm. to their filmmaking. Okay. Yeah. I have a question. Yeah. Uh, Why'd you have to? Raise? I wanted to raise my hand. I want to be polite. I have a quiet hand. That's why I say to my students, "All right, if you have a quiet hand, you can follow me." Uh, for I'm just gonna snowball on top of that. Yeah. Did Steven Spielberg did Jaws right? Yeah. Well, same with him with like his camera action of the zooming in and the, you know. But that was his thing too. <laughs> I, for, what what's name like? The scene, the scene when he is sitting on the beach and the one boy is getting attacked and his face zooms in but everything behind him it's oh, but it's like iconic yeah, 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 but yeah, that yeah. was his thing and that was like the first time right that someone kind of utilized um that type of camera work but yeah i was just relating to what no you were yeah saying. that's it, it's and it's cool because that like the 70s and 80s were like that was when mm-hmm. these directors really like came up with all of these new innovations on how to like fill the scene or how to create like a motion out of a scene using like specific angle or like all this stuff and it's really cool when you get to sit down and you're like like I had that moment of like when I was I watched the movie and then realized that Brian De Palma did Mission Impossible which is a movie I've seen however many times and thinking about all those scenes and going oh yeah that was really cool and it's cool to see kind of how that originated um, all the way back in like seventy six, and he's mm-hmm. still using it twenty five years later, uh, twenty thirty actually or thirty three years later, and he's still using it to, like, but in different ways, mm-hmm. um, and it's effective. But yeah, um, do you have any uh, do you have any other thoughts on? I just feel like I haven't watched in a long time until last night, and that's when I had texted you, and I noticed off the color symbolism. I uh, looked it up, yeah, yeah, and yeah. I was right awesome. that it was that. So I noticed a lot of the light blue right from the jump, light blue and white, and then the red. And you can just see how, you know, Miss Collins is always wearing blue, light blue. Yep. Sue is always wearing blue, and that kind of shows, like, purity and, like, innocence and kind of kind, kindness. And Carrie, before prom, always had blue on. When Tommy went to go and ask her to the prom, he drove up with a blue car. Mm-hmm. But then the shifting, and then you can see all the bullies. The bullies always had red on. Billy's right. car was red. But then on prom night, in the book, technically Carrie's dress was red. It was pink, but the mom still considered it the, the, the color of the devil. <laughs> so her prom dress, then Tommy picks her up in a red truck this time for prom. Right. And then she walks into the prom and it's like outer space theme or something. There's stars everywhere, but it's all blue and white. Love among the stars. Love among the stars. Oh, <laughs> what a dream. But all the lights and everything were blue and white. And then as soon as the blood's obviously the blood, and right. then she turns the lights red. Yeah. So it's just a very big um, change in that. And then I noticed when she went back home, she immediately put on like a blue nightgown. So she like, it just, it's very yeah. apparent that you can see that. Uh, so I thought that was cool, and I felt very smart when I noticed that. I was like, look that up, look that up! <laughs> I looked it up, and I was right! So smart. Yeah. No, that was a good pickup, because, like, that's one of those things that, like, you notice after you rewatch it a few times that you start to pick up on those things. Mm-hmm. And I, I didn't even, I didn't even think about it. it yeah, and I, I, I lost my train of thought. But anyway, yes, look that up. 
Yeah. I thought no, that was pretty cool. That's a good point to bring up because that's that's another part of that where like it it the movie is more thematic than like it's not it's more important that he got his message across than like let me just throw a bunch of blood at this scene and mm-hmm. and I think that's why Stephen King liked it because I didn't read I haven't read the book in full but I just feel incorporating in every sentence that oh they're wearing a red scarf or oh she's mm-hmm. wearing whatever you know it's nice to see those subtle the subtleness to it and I think it just adds a lot more yeah but I really I loved that aspect of it and I feel like the whole time I just kept I just kept noticing it but yeah uh that's all your that's all your notes on that well i feel like we covered most of it you know (laughs) i uh the big the religion obviously was a big theme too throughout it and how uh mrs white was crucified just like and it isn't jesus it's not jesus i forget the name of it saint augustine or something yes in the closet so she's crucified the same way and she at first I was reading that Brian De Palma had told her, you know, he's dying. Obviously, because he's going to die, and that's going to be it. And she was like, well, what if I act like she's enjoying it? Because, you know, to her, she'll be with God. So she's, right. that's why that scene is unbearable. And she's honestly <laughs> looking like she's having an orgasm. Right. And I was, I'm like, when is it? She I didn't realize it was that long. Yeah, she, she says it in the documentary that that was her goal was to, like, make it look like that. I know, and I didn't like it. Like, it made me, like, uncomfortable. And it was so long, but I guess that makes sense that, you know, this right. is what she wanted. She She's with God, and she wants to die. and She wants to die the way that, like, she Yeah, is. very symbolic. Back right. to the sim- symbolism in the film. Yeah. But I just remember, like, my eyebrow the whole time. I was like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Can't be that fun. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the scene when her and that fella, I'll have what she's having. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I feel I love this film. I feel like I could fall asleep to it. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> mine is that part. And then I thought the ties to Psycho were so cool. They were yeah. actually gonna have the composer from Psycho do this right. movie, but then he died. R.I.P. Again. Yeah. And but you can I always notice that too. Whenever she used her telekinetic powers, it's the, that violin, the strings. <laughs> Yeah, and it immediately yeah. think of Psycho, oh, and yeah. not to mention their iconic shower scene when he's in the beach. Right. So I think I already said that, but so I thought that was super cool. And fun fact for you, like Paul Blart, never in the films he's always like fun fact for you. <laughs> uh, in the book, the high school was called E Ewin Ewin, but and they changed it to Bates right. for Norman, Norman Bates. Bates. Yeah. So I'm just pronouncing yeah. it wrong. But that's a that, that is cool, and like. The fact that Stephen King was just like, yeah, cool. I like yeah, that. That's yeah. fun. That's my first one, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, my, you know. Whatever the fuck you want, guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See this brand new shiny uh, yeah. <laughs> $2,500 $2, check? Better not spend it all in <laughs> one place. <laughs> I know. That's probably like equivalent to like, I don't know, probably like 10000 Yeah. Maybe a little less than $10,000. Well, he's well off now. So, you know, oh, I'm glad that. he is doing very well. Oh, fun fact on that. Fun fact for you. Uh, when I was at New Paltz, um, his son's his son's an author as well, and his son came in, uh, to talk about his like book and stuff, mm-hmm. and um, it was like a. He didn't do like a huge like auditorium thing, it was like, ten or fifteen of us sitting in a room with him, and he was just talking about like how he became a writer, how it was like, like, 
being the son of Stephen King and like trying to find his own like path and uh, being an author and stuff. Um, and the way he talks about his dad is really funny. And from what I can remember of the conversation, he's like, yeah, he's like weird, but like has a good sense of humor and mm-hmm. like, like genuinely just like is very supportive of his son. <laughs> I'm like making all that. Uh, and it was cool. It was a cool like thing because you very rarely see those sides of like people like that especially authors because they're and Stephen King's fucking weirdo with yeah. the books he writes like right. oh let's have a 12 kid orgy and it in the sewers right you yeah. know and then you're like oh he must be a weirdo but right. then makes him more human yeah and his and his and his kid was like yeah he's a normal guy like he he's like weird in like the normal way mm-hmm. like a weird dad Got yeah you. right yeah and he was like but he was never like like he never had like a creepy like way of him Mm -hmm. like he just wrote stories that freaked people out because he thought it was fun yeah i love that (laughs) so yeah um so yeah shall we get into some fun facts let's eh? get into some fun facts eh? all right Uh, so we kind of already talked about this but this was like the first stephen king novel adapted into a movie it was also carrie was his first novel um this was also this was john travolta's first major film role so he had he had done a a small movie uh he was actually when he auditioned he was on lunch break and then came in to audition for this movie um so it was his first major movie role um what year did grease come out i don't know probably shortly after i was gonna say i don't think it was too much because i don't think it was like full-on 80s yeah Let's take a guess right now. What are you What are you guessing? Uh, I'll say seventy nine. Oh, mm, that's what I was gonna say. Uh, Fine, then I'm gonna. First. I'll say seventy eight. Okay. I was right. Nineteen seventy eight. Man, so two years later, he was the biggest star ever. Yep. <laughs> Danny Zuko, my first crush. <laughs> Their budget was six million, and they made three hundred and sixty six two million dollars. No. Yeah. Well, that's what it says on Wikipedia. Holy shit. Yeah. They made $300 million off of Grease? Yeah. Holy shit. And, yeah, but that's Wikipedia, so I don't, I don't know. Well, I mean, like, even if that's $100 million off, that's a wild. Correct. Like, Listen, even if it's worth every penny, though. Even if it's $200 million off, that's insane. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't include, like, the DVD sales, VHS sales, like, that doesn't include the soundtrack record mm-hmm. that you have most likely. I do have it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I have the vinyl record, yeah. Oh, my God. That's insane. I really like that movie. Yeah. You could be saying it for an hour. <laughs> <laughs> and then halfway through, you can change into badass Annie and yeah. wear tight leather pants. <laughs> I have a two, I have a two for And red pumps. <laughs> What did she say? Tell me that. Tell it's me still. that it's still. Yeah. She whisper that to Sydney in bed tonight. <laughs> <laughs> right before she hits REM. <laughs> she just wakes up so startled. Is she gonna be pissed or confused? Yeah. We don't know. <laughs> and then just say nothing after. Yeah. And just go. All right. Good night. All right. 
just turn back over like like i said it in my sleep <laughs> wait you should start a bit and just pretend like you sleep talk every night and just say random shit and so she's like slightly concerned doesn't know when to tell you that you're doing that i just start saying weird shit from movies like just movie clips and she's like what is he doing that'd be kind of funny <laughs> I picture like that scene in Friends when Ross is pretending to watch TV across the, the way, and they're like, "Oh, Ross is doing his watching TV bit," and they're like, "No, I think he's actually watching TV," but he literally is like those idiots, <laughs> he's not watching it at all. That's what I'm picturing. <laughs> you just smirk um, over and you're like, "Got her." <laughs> oh, that'd be good. All right, so more fun facts. Um. Going along with talking about Star Wars earlier, um, George Lucas and Brian De Palma held a joint audition for Carrie and Star Wars, which came out in 1977. So it was kind of funny because I was listening to people talk about it, and they were like, yeah, it was we were auditioning for Star Wars, but Brian De Palma was in the corner like making notes on people he was going to ask for an audition on his movie. <laughs> so, he awesome. just, <laughs> so he was just like... He was like, whoever George Lucas didn't choose to be in Star Wars, he would kind of be like, oh, I'm going to have them audition for Carrie, which is like kind of just a funny thought because there's so many like people that a few of the people were like, um, oh, yeah, I was up for like Princess Leia. And I was like, oh, my God, how different would like yeah, without Carrie Fisher? Yeah. yeah. And then uh, um, what's his name? I'm just going to. Uh, William Cat, who played Tommy, mm-hmm. he was up for Luke Skywalker. Like he was. Wow! Imagine yeah. that had hair. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just like a funny, like oh, I didn't even know that that was a possibility. Yeah, or like that was part because I knew that like there was a lot of people that George Lucas was looking for no names. So was Brian De Palma for this mm-hmm. movie. They were looking for people that hadn't hit it big yet, and. uh so it's just a funny thought of like, oh, they were both looking for the same thing and same things, and then people took two different, completely different track records during the same audition. Yeah, we already talked about the, the slapping scene <laughs> <laughs> thirty plus times. Have you ever watched those? This remind. Do you ever watch those videos of like slap, uh, like the slap contests where people oh just my, slap yes. the shit out of each other? Yep. I can't stand it. I'm oh. like, oh, it's just because people will like get slapped and then all of a sudden they turn back around to the camera and their face is just like twice the size on one side. Like they look so ridiculous. And I'm like, I'm like, these people are going to like die from getting slapped. So you wouldn't sign up for that? No, I can't say that I would. Okay. Would you let me slap you? Are you what kind of slap are we talking? Are we talking like... You slept with my husband. Oh, you turn country. Uh, uh <laughs> like no, I we, would. I don't are know. Are we talking like soap opera slap? Or are we talking? Yeah, let's like, do soap opera. Uh, or would you rather give me have me give you an Indian burn? No, I've heard you do those really good, and I don't allow it. I like it. I have street cred. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've heard on the street that you're uh, you're the master of the Indian burn. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can't. I can't. I. It, and it's so funny too because I'm like sitting here like that is such a like a lawsuit waiting to happen oh, now yeah. with movies. Like if you don't sign a waiver saying that you can get slapped, and he's just like, 
yeah, we're just going to do it 30 times. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and they were just like, okay. <laughs> well, did you, you, I'm sure you read it too, but I forget her name, but she was also in Halloween also. Um, she always wore, she wore the hat in the movie. Oh, wait, you didn't bring her name up. That's fine. Anyway, oh, she was one of the bullies, yeah. but she always wore the hat. And then she was in Halloween as well. She was murdered. But uh, she was killed in the movie by the fire hose. And oh, yeah, yeah, it yeah. actually, like, bursted her eardrum. It was supposed to just hit, like, her cheek. And then they were going to put the stunt double in. But it shifted. And then it bursted her eardrum, like, right on this, like, right then and there. Crazy. Yeah, I can't even imagine. And they kept that scene in there. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like the, the infamous scene in, uh, uh, we could say infamous. Infamous has a bad connotation. But it's the famous part in, like, Lord of the Rings where Aragorn kicks the helmet in the two towers. And he broke his he broke his foot kicking mm-hmm. the helmet. And, like, he plays the scene really well. But broke his foot by kicking he was oh in God. so much pain but they kept that scene because he was like like the emotion that he got from like doing that like yeah. he was like screaming like ah no like kind of thing crazy and like that stuff happens like there's one of the mission possible movies like um tom cruise broke his ankle or something oh really doing a stunt and he like he's jumping from one rooftop to the next and the stunt is like he has to like land on like grappling onto the edge of the building mm-hmm. and when he grappled onto it like in his foot it broke his ankle and he like climbed up and ran finished like the scene and then he's like <laughs> the people on set were like yeah he like finished the scene and then he like lifted his leg up and he's like i think i broke my ankle and they were like oh what they're like you just ran on it he's like yeah but it's broken and it's crazy how that just like stuff like that happens i know it's crazy it's cool that they keep that in though so you can kind of see right yeah all of those scenes were used Mm -hmm. like in the final cut like you can actually see it in the movie like when he broke his ankle you could see it because it was the best take because he like got up and he was like limping a little bit Mm -hmm. but like I mean, Tom Cruise is a maniac when it comes to that stuff. It's like, well, yeah, the outside world. He's just a maniac. He's just a maniac in general. But by God, does he love making a good movie? (laughs) 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 Um, Oh, yeah. That was my next one. That was my next one was the the fire hose. Um, Sorry. No, you're good. Like, this is good. Um, (laughs) The next one is uh, the with uh, Miss Collins. The scene where she gets like cut in half by the, I think it's a backboard. Yeah. Um. The reason she looks so terrified is because they weren't sure that. Oh, the thing the, was gonna work. Yeah. Yeah. That the uh backboard was gonna come down because they had like a they had a brace mm-hmm. point for it with some balsa wood or something, and they weren't sure it was gonna break the right way, so when that thing comes down, she's literally like. Like oh Anticipating, shit, like, like being too bad. Yeah, yeah, and uh, <laughs> so they they hadn't been able to test it. So yeah, when it was when it stopped right before hitting her, that was like actually like real fear, real fear. Yeah, <laughs> hey, make like, some great, what the great, fuck? great acting. Yeah, I mean it, it. Yeah, put 
put your actors in real danger and they'll show you real fear. Yeah, I guess it's like right <laughs> best death. Oscar worthy. Yeah, just just potentially kill your uh actresses and actors and yeah. they'll 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 show you the right emotions, mm-hmm. I guess. That's the lesson learned. Um Oh yeah, and then the the fake blood that was dropped on uh Sissy Spacek, who plays Carrie. Um the mat- like the what they used was like a syrup mm-hmm. and it was like uh they dyed it with food coloring. And it was she said it was great when it was like warm. Warm. But then it would dry up and it would be like it would be like having glue on your body. Yeah. And I was like, what the and it's so it's so funny to think about now that they go through so much trouble and like money and time to make sure that these things don't happen to uh, actors and actresses mm-hmm. that like thinking back of all the stuff that they had to deal with for such a low budget movie like it's crazy like the movies that people make like 50 like movies that some actors or actresses make like 20 million 30 million 50 million dollars they don't ever have to do stuff like this and they were probably making like maybe a couple thousand like maybe ten twenty thousand dollars on this Mm -hmm. movie in total and they were constantly being slapped in the face potentially cut in half eardrums eardrums busted (laughs) (laughs) glued to whatever they sat on slapped face (laughs) (laughs) potential like traumatic brain injury (laughs) yeah it's and it's crazy like it's 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 crazy to think about like movies are just not made like that anymore mm-hmm. which like in a lot of ways is very good but then there's also the aspect of like the practicalness of like what made these feel so real and it's because they kind of were <laughs> right yeah exactly <laughs> it's, so it's kind of it's kind of funny in that way that it's like yeah terrible to put people in that situation mm-hmm. for like something that's like doesn't need to be that way but yeah, I had a quiet uh, hand. Uh, Liv, Liv, thank you. I yeah. literally raised my hand. Just a <laughs> snowball on top of that of right. like the realness. Uh, so with that ending scene, uh, it wasn't in the book, so people weren't expecting it with the hand oh, coming right, out. Yeah. It wasn't in the film. Yeah. It actually scared Stephen King in like the opening that he watched. He said it like scared him really bad. He was not <laughs> expecting it. And I wanted to say, okay, pussy, like yeah. it wasn't that scary. <laughs> But um, I'll be honest, it made me jump a little bit. Really? Well, like, I knew it was happening. Because but... I, I totally forgot about it. I, I haven't seen this movie since, like, I was probably in middle school. Mm. And I saw it on, like, uh, AMC when they would do their, their classic movies. Did you step it away comments from it? I did. <laughs> really? No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that was very believable, Carrie. Um, I'm a great actress, can I say? Hey. Actress. Actress. Um... <laughs> Um, but with that scene, again, a lot of symbolism, carrying the red flowers, the red cars, all the cars are also driving backwards. If you go back and look, it's insane. And yeah, love that. I have a point to what you were saying. Sorry, I'll get to it. But so that happened. And then obviously she wakes up, the hand comes out, grabs her. She wakes up and she's like traumatized in bed. So Sue's mom in the film is actually her real mom in real life. Yep. And I guess the mom did an interview and said how traumatized she was because seeing her daughter one act so well, right. but looking in like in such a state of panic and all those emotions really freaked her out and that she was like traumatized yeah. from that. And she said that 
a few takes she would refer to her as amy not sue <laughs> but luckily like there's music so you couldn't hear it yeah, yeah. but again slight traumatic experience but you know yeah. what as long as the fans are happy and you get that you gotta money do back, it for that, the, yeah what is it what how much do they make 33 million back you know yeah. what? who cares right <laughs> potentially kill three people yeah. you know whatever whatever <laughs> showbiz oh yeah and the crazy thing is uh sissy spacex was under like oh, yeah. actual coal Correct. like they used coal and wood. yeah yes to make Buried. that scene happen she was legitimately buried she sure was like it wasn't like a sound stage on like where she was like under something they legitimately dug a hole mm-hmm. and put her in the hole yep <laughs> they cut up her arm and stuff and yeah. she was like i mean that's pretty cool she's like yeah i'm adamant to use my own feet and arms <laughs> she was yeah. saying but i'm like all right you go sister love that <laughs> woman empowerment Ooh. we love that for you <laughs> yeah <Ooh. laughs> oh please <laughs> I know the cat's scratching on the door, um. But yeah, so I I that's all I got for this. Yeah, movie. yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Those are my fun facts too. Awesome. All right, so we can talk like really quickly about like some things we've been watching recently. A lot um, of porn. Spawns. <laughs> like, what Same. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, me too. Yeah. Um, like I told my friend Perry before, I well, I just watched the Five Nights at Freddy's. Yeah. I've never played the game because I don't have, I'm I don't have like a computer to play games, so I like to yeah, watch. You're not as cool as I am. No, I'm not, and that's fine. I'll. It's fine. <laughs> You can live with that. I can live with that. I can sleep <laughs> all at night. But uh, I like to watch Markiplier, love him, and other YouTubers play it. So I had some backstory to it, not a bunch, but uh, mixed reviews. If you're looking for a scary movie, wouldn't go and see it. It's not really scary. Isn't it like a PG-13 movie? Yeah, they, yeah and they yeah, yeah. really kept it PG-13. Right. Like you could just tell that they were cutting things out. I would have yeah. liked to have seen some a little bit more because the game was definitely spooky. Oh, yeah. But I guess – they had already paid to have it be a trilogy, so there's going to be two more. And I guess they had made enough money in, like, early release or screenings or something to pay for the next two because this fan base is insane. Right. I feel like it's kind of like Taylor, like, Swifties, but, like, <laughs> Freddy's. For, for, yeah, Freddy's, yeah. But I really liked it. And then I've seen all the new A24 films that have come out, like, Talk to, Talk to Me was really good. Um they're coming out with an app. An app? Yeah. To, to For do all their movies. An app? Yeah. Oh, like a streaming app. Yeah. I thought you meant from that film. I don't know if you've seen it. Talk to me. It's got like a, a hand and you hold it and you can connect to like demons and spirits. Oh. I thought you meant they're going to make an app so I can connect to the other side. And I said, doesn't seem like a good idea <laughs> or that it would work. I shouldn't have that power. <laughs> I, I got really nervous. But now I get what you're saying. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's super cool. I love A24. I love that film. The X series. Great. Can't wait for Maxine to come out. Perry has not seen them yet because he's a scaredy cat. Yep. And proud of it. Proud of it. And I'm just rewatching Drake and Josh right now. I just watched uh, Josh just ran over Oprah. Oh, yeah. So he's really going through it right now. (laughs) So. (laughs) 
you'll let us know in a few weeks on how he's doing. Yeah, we'll let you know. Uh, I guess I'll pass the phone to you, Perry. What have you been watching? Uh, so I've kind of just been keeping up with the TV shows I've been watching. Um, I've had a few of them that I've been uh, watching recently. Me and uh, Sid, my girlfriend, have been watching uh, Grey's Anatomy pretty much nonstop for the last like two months. Mm-hmm. We are on the thirteenth season, so we've been there's like twenty, mm, right? Yeah, so we've been we've been killing it in terms of like getting through it. Um, I will say that um, I never thought I would like that show, and I am probably more invested in it at this point than she is. Really? And she is not going to listen to this podcast, <laughs> for sure. So, like, she I might. can... She might. But I can... <laughs> but I can... Uh, I can say any... So I can say anything. I am definitely more invested in the characters. I am more invested in the stories. Um, I... I, I I might go watch it right after we're done here. Hey. Other than <laughs> Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Getting crazy on a Wednesday. <laughs> Grace Anatomy and a bottle of wine. Ooh. Ooh. Um Yeah, and then other than that it's been uh Loki. So I, I like the Marvel stuff, so oh, I've been yeah. I've been Lo- Loki's a f- breath of fresh air for the Marvel stuff cuz it's been I know it's this isn't really a hot take right now, but Marvel's been kind of like lackluster, like a lull. Yeah, yeah. like kind of, and like a big lull. Like not yeah. even just like a, oh, the last movie that came out was fine. And what like, was the last one that came out? Bloody, bloody hell! If I know, um, actually no. What was the last one? I don't want to say. I it might have been Guardians of the Galaxy because I know uh the Marvels comes out tomorrow. Wait, so am I stupid? So what's Spider-Man then? Which Spider-Man? The Spideyverse. Like All the animated those. one? Yeah. That's like a that's separate from like Okay, from the, like the main okay. the main continuity. So that technically wouldn't count. No. Okay. But those are freaking awesome. I love them. Yeah. So I good. like those a lot. Um Yeah, and like the last Guardians of the Galaxy movie was fantastic. Um but then like the TV shows like they had like uh Secret Invasion. I don't even think I finished the last episode of Secret Invasion. It just wasn't. It didn't. It didn't do anything for me. Um, but Loki's been really cool. I think the first four episodes. I think the fifth episode comes out tomorrow. Um, don't know who that is. Loki. Correct. Tom Hiddleston. I don't know. I don't watch Marvel. Well, I know, but like, not even a little bit. Loki is also like the god in the mask, so that's who I think of. You under, but you understand that like. Loki is the god of mischief, like in Norse mythology, right? Oh, so that makes sense. Yeah. So like Thor. Yeah. He's, Norse Norse god, right? Uh huh. Yeah. So like Loki is his brother. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't he die? Well, yeah, but that's why you watch the other movies because you, you understand that. It's Loki. I'll just stop. Yeah, that's probably that's probably for the best. I'll stick to Drake and Josh. Yeah, that's probably best. <laughs> <laughs> Drake and Josh go Hollywood. That's what I'm gonna watch tonight. With your with your cat and a bottle of wine. Fuck yeah! <laughs> it's basically my Thursday. I have no school on Friday. Oh, it's true. Yeah, I don't have work on Friday. But yeah, so that and then. Um, 
Invincible. It's another superhero thing that's an animated show, but it's like it's got blood and swearing and all that stuff. It's like rated R animated movie oh. or TV show. Okay. Really good. Um, that you might actually like a lot. That okay. one's actually good if you can, if you like, if you can do animated stuff. I, don't know how I like animated. It. I'm just stubborn. Watching shows that people tell me to watch. It's really good. It's genuinely really good because it it kind of subverts like the superhero like cliche John mm-hmm. genre. It does the cliches, but it does them like ironically in a way. But it's also a very like heartfelt story. Cool. So it's good. It's good. And it's based on comics, and they're actually and uh actually Seth Rogen is one of the producers on it. I just heard laugh in my head. Yeah. <laughs> 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 So that's really good. Um, I have to I have to watch the last couple episodes of Gen V, which is a spinoff series of The Boys, which is another superhero thing. I know I'm watching too many superheroes. No, things. it's it's. I gotta, yeah, I gotta, I gotta find some newer stuff. Maybe I'll watch some more A twenty four stuff. I just I, you know, I'm not a person that gets like scared easily, but I am a person that gets scared easily. That's fair. They did Midsommar, too. You would not. You would get too scared for that. Midsommar? Yeah. Did you Why watch that? that? No. What's Mids- Midsommar? Midsommar. Midsummer. I say it wrong each time. Oh. Goes on what's your nuts. Um, yeah. You were well, emphasizing You were emphasizing well, it. Some people say it that way. I have not seen Midsommar. Anyway. That's a good one. <laughs> I've heard that one's really good. Actually, I wanted to watch that one because it takes place in a day. You're going to feel really uneasy after. Make sure you watch it during the day, too. Okay. That'll be good. And when they get to the scene where they're by the cliffs, look away. Oh. Unless you like gore. Well, gore's not bad. Gore doesn't do it. Really? See, that's what I don't like that at all. Oh, no. Like, that's not the stuff that freaks me out. The stuff that freaks me out is, like, the waiting in anticipation for something to jump out. Yeah. Like, that's the stuff that I'm just like, just get it over with. Yeah. See, that? I love that. (laughs) The the gore. The gore doesn't freak me out or anything. Like, I have nothing, like, that doesn't scare me or give me any. All right, macho man. Mm. I'm just a big man yeah. who gets scared <laughs> when things jump out at me. <laughs> blood, whatever. <laughs> but don't you dare hide behind a corner and scare me. I swear to God. <laughs> all right. Well, I think that's that's all I got. I, that's all I got. Yeah. Make sure you smash that like button and subscribe. <laughs> Let's get this video to a... Uh, Two views. Two views would be great. <laughs> Me and Perry. Yeah. Especially since it's audio only. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Whatever. I just always wanted to say that. Yeah. Smash that like button. <laughs> thanks for watching. Uh, thanks for watching. <laughs> Sorry. You got, you got me on that. You got me on the YouTube voice. My bad. Uh, <laughs> thank you for listening to the Rewind Podcast. Uh, keep looking out for more episodes featuring me, Perry, and my co-host, Liv. Let's get her ready to rumble. And in this corner at 5'4", and <laughs> not going to share her weight now. <laughs>
two takes on this because I know you're going to laugh. As I just won't work. <laughs> <laughs> I just won't work. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. 